a good morning, eh? Yeah. Nice to see you guys here. As well as, I mean, nice to see all of you, but... Uh, uh, yes. What a blessing. What an amazing Lord we have. Uh, again, as always, thank you for showing up this morning. Uh, really consider it a privilege to share his word and with you, and I pray that that's what you hear this morning. And so uh, if you brought your Bibles with you, I know there's, I've heard some rumblings. There's people who are like, yeah, I'm not doing it. So I'm just going to try the opposite. Would you bring your phones with you with your Bibles on it? Don't bring your Bibles. Do not bring paper Bibles. Uh, some of you, yeah. So if you have it, just hold it up. Paper Bible or on phone. We'll take that as well. We will take that as well. We want, we want to get used to opening. And if I have to change it, opening the, the book, opening the app, uh, the reason, some are like thinking, oh, it's because you think they're going to take away the, the Bible off the internet. It's not the case at all. My realization in my life is that we become very, very distracted, easily distracted when we're on a phone versus when we can just slow down and take some time with, uh, with, the, with the book and opening our hearts to allow him to do in our hearts. That's, that's our hope this morning. Otherwise, we've gathered for, well, not much purpose other than free brownies, which, uh, man... I guess that's the thing. They're getting real expensive these days. It is a, it's a, it's a treat. All right, so let us jump in this morning. Our mission is to help people find Christ and find community. Our hope is that you would pursue him today, that you would find Christ today, even if you're a believer, that you would find him today. And if you, if you don't know the Lord, man, my hope today is that you would know him and his goodness. Uh, there's really nothing else that matters in life. You can try and chase everything. You'll come to that end along with all of the rest of us that really ultimately it all points to him. And, and in our rebellion against him, we find ourselves miserable and empty. But in our submission to him, man, we find ourselves flooded uh, with his goodness. And so our hope today is that you would pursue, pursue him. And so I'd encourage you to take some notes. We're going to jump in uh, this morning. Why do we keep talking about the pursuit of Christ? We said pursuit produces fruit. Uh, and we talked about last week how, you know, Jesus mentioned that in John 15. He talked about it in other places. But, you know, you, you ever realize, you know, when you buy a new vehicle, you see everyone else who has one as well, has the same one. It's like, man, how is this possible? I never saw one before, and now I see it all the time. Uh, same with this. You know, the, the knowing Christ results in fruit. It's all throughout Scripture. And I want to share a couple quick verses. You can go to Philippians chapter 1, but as you're on your way there... Let me read Colossians 1, verse 9 and 10. It says this, So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you, is what Paul's saying to the Colossian believers. We ask God to give you complete what knowledge of his will. We want you to know his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding, spiritual wisdom and, and that knowledge of spiritual things. And then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. Your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. So as you know him, you're going to produce fruit. And all the while, you'll grow as you learn to what? To, to know God better and better. These things are tied together. I think it's why that song grabs something in my heart that I want to know you, Lord, and I want to know you more. It's that drawing us into what we were always designed to be. Philippians chapter 1. Do you have a second to get there? Philippians chapter 1. If you're new to the Bible, it's closer to the back. Philippians 1 verse 10. Actually, let me just read 9 again. Here's Paul again praying for this group of believers. I pray that your love will overflow more and more, that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding, very similar to what he said into the Colossians. And then he says this, for I want, verse 10, for I want you to understand what really matters. We've talked about this often. There's not, not everything in life really matters, but 
Paul is saying, I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. Verse 11, may you always be filled with what? Fruit, the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. We saw in Galatians, that's the joy, the peace, the kindness, the goodness, all of those things that come out of, out of, uh, 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 of the fruit of Holy Spirit in our lives. And he says, why? Because it'll bring much glory and praise to God. You know, as I, we've been talking about this and just uh, different, different uh, a- any different way that we can come to that same target. If it's treasure hunting for you, man, we want you to hunt the treasure that is Jesus. If it is like we talked about last week, it's about, man, I want my life to, to matter, to be fruitful, then uh, the connection is with Jesus. Uh, some we're, like we were talking about last week where there's people are like, man, I, it's so compartmentalized. This is my time with the Lord. And he's like, no, I want all the boxes. I want the whole life. I want it all. You know, as I chat about this with others, I, I, I hear, you know, some people asking the question, how long does it take? Like, how, like what, when do you know, how long does it take, if, you know, in this pursuit of Christ that you begin to start seeing fruit? He promises it, but how long does it take? And uh, I, I just want to talk about that this morning. I want to call this the long haul because it often takes longer than you think. And we're meant to. Sometimes there'll be this quick, quick uh, show of, of, of change, but he's not just into the quick show of change. He's into the long haul. I don't know about you, but man, I don't like waiting for things. I just find it difficult to wait for things. Uh, this, uh, this week, um, obviously with the snow coming, it was snow tire change time. And so uh, I go to this place that, uh, where I get my snow tires changed every, every year, and I got there. And this, this year, everybody else also decided to go there. And so I had to wait in line. And uh, you can't make appointments there. It's one of those kind of places, like, you know, no soup for you, you know, that type of, for those who know. You go there, you wait in line, you get your tires changed, you pay, you leave. It's, it's just a wonderful thing. Uh, but really, really, and some people are like, they're waiting in line, they're like, I'm not waiting this long, and they, they drove out of there, and I was texting Beth, I was sixth in line, well, now I'm fifth in line, right? And I'm excited to get to the spot, and people are like, why do you go there? Go there, because a close friend of mine from years ago used to own that place uh, before he passed away, and uh, I had always gone there, and he was, you know, always, you know, the, the great relationship we'd have chatting, and, and uh, you know, I went there once after, and all of a sudden realized there's an opportunity to chat with his children, and I thought, man, I, I just, I just want to keep this relationship going no matter what it takes, and so I, I've learned that it's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. And so uh, uh, this week uh, when I was there, I was waiting and they came and they told me, it's like, it's going to be two hours. I'm like, no problem. I brought my work with me. And they're like, we figured you would. And uh, so then I was like working away in the, uh, in the car and, and that two hour, the two hour mark, it's about 1.30 in the afternoon and uh, the, the, the girl comes out and she's like, ah, you know what? The guys haven't eaten anything yet. Uh, they've been going since eight this morning, but we're going to put, we're going to get yours through because you've been waiting a long time. And I was like, nah, you know what? Let them eat first and then you can do that. Like, oh, thank you. We, we knew you might be the one who would say that. She's like, I didn't want to have to go to any of those other cars after this and tell them, yeah, the guys are on lunch. You're going to have to wait even longer. I'm like, no, just blame me. Tell them that guy over there said he's going to wait, and, and, and everybody's got to wait longer. I was like, man, she, she said, I knew they would all be angry. And I thought, you know, that is kind of the thing. When we have to wait for stuff, or we think, man, you've seen lots of people who, when they have to wait for something, it results in anger. It's like, ah, oh, you know, that we don't like waiting. I thought about his kids. You know, even as a kid growing up, uh, now that I have children, you hear these same things, right? Like, it's never fast enough. Are we there? Yes. Oh, really? Parents here, yes. Is it done? Yes. Can we eat? Yes. Yet. 
Yeah, everything. Is it, can we, I'm starving. My stomach is eating itself. I've lost 17 pounds. When is dinner ready? And what's the parents' answer always? Soon. Right? Soon. Are we there yet? No, but soon, even if it's four hours. Is it done yet? No, but soon. Can we eat yet? No, but soon. But we always want things done right away. And we get older, what do we do? We go through drive through because we can get it soon. We, we have the microwave because we can get it soon. We love those instant results, even when we know that instant isn't normal. We know instant's not normal, but there's something in us that still wants instant. You know, I think about, like, the Leaf fans in hockey. I wish... I wish... I wish Rick was, yes, soon, right? When are the Leafs going to win the Cup? Soon. But you know what's weird? Like, as a Leaf fan, I've learned this over time. Every time the Leafs make a trade, we're winning the Stanley Cup. It doesn't matter who it's for. You know, we are winning the Stanley Cup this year. Trade equals Stanley Cup. Uh, And it's always, you know, at the trade deadline, they blow everything in the future for right now, and they never win. And then I look at other teams like Pittsburgh, man, 16 seasons in a row, they make the playoffs. Guess what? When you make the playoffs, you have a chance. Three Cups. Detroit, 25 years in a row, they make the playoffs. They win four cups. Why? Because it's building for the long, the long game, playing the long game. And some of you are like, I don't like hockey. Let's talk dieting. You're like, no. You know, but how many of you, it's like dieting. I ate healthy for a week. And then all of a sudden, the scale lies. It's like, I had to have lost more, right? My got to get a new scale. It's like, I want things to happen quicker, sooner, instant. You know, and I, I think, like we said last week, sometimes we borrow our ways of thinking in the world and we apply it to our life with Christ. This was, never, this was not written in the day of the microwave. This was written not even the day of the stove. This was written in the day of go c- collect wood, start a fire, wait for the coals to burn down, then go catch an animal, uh, and uh, you're going to have dinner in a couple hours, right? It was this, this, this time frame of things to happen, and that's where we live. And so um, Paul writes this to the Philippian believers where he explains to them about the long haul. So let's jump in, Philippians chapter 1. Verse 3, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you've been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard of it until now. He's like, man, we're, we're in this together. And, and this is what he writes to them. He says, I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished. Every time, he says, I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished. Here's the question. Who's doing what? Who's doing the work? Who started it? Uh, Who started it? Shake your neighbor who's sleeping. Tell him the answer is God. Who started it? God. And who's going to continue to work in our lives? God. And who's going to finish it in our lives? God's going to do all of that. We read in Hebrews 12, verse 2, that Jesus is referred to as the author and the finisher of our faith. He started it. He's going to finish it. And some of us are like, okay, well, if God's doing it all in my life, if he's doing all this work in my life, how come he's not done yet? Like, he created the planet in six days. How come he can't fix my life in a week? Or two, or three, or whatever it may be. What's taking so long? And I, I just love... And the end of Philippians 1 verse 6. Why does he say this? I'm certain that God who began the good work in you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ returns. That's when he's going to be done. You're like, what? When's Jesus coming back? When is that? Soon. And like, yeah, I remember being a kid where my parents would tell me, like, you know, I was age 12. Jesus is coming soon, Mark. Better live your life, you know, knowing that. I'm like, that was like decades ago, but he's still coming soon. He's coming sooner. 
But he says, this is, this is what he's saying to them. He's like, you may not know the date of my return, but let me tell you what you can be confident of. Until that day, I'm working. I'm working in your life. I'm going to continue working. I started something good, and I'm going to finish it. It's what we just sang. Even when I don't see it, he's working. Because sometimes when we don't see him working, we're so quick to just jump off the ship. If he's not working, he must not be working. Or if I can't feel him working, he must not be working. He's like, no, 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 hold on, don't, don't do that. If I don't feel his presence, he must not be present. He's like, okay, wake up, take a look around. I'm everywhere. There's something that we're learning in the long haul, and that's that God is at work. When I see God at work, I think of the sign, you know, you know, children playing, then they get jobs, slow men working, and then it's like God at work. But here we are with God at work. And so often, I, I don't know about you, but I focus on the at work part. Because that's the part. I'm like, you know, like you think, how long does it take? You know, they think, is God working? You know, just trying to see that in my life. Sometimes for the, for the good, sometimes for the bad, you're just wondering. But yesterday I got an uh, email, I was preparing, and uh, it was from uh, Papa K., uh, uh, related to the Ferbers here. And he sent out this email, and I, I opened it, and he began talking about uh, the earth in comparison to everything else. And I thought, man, like we, we think about at work, but we really should be thinking about God. Think about the universe for a minute. Just leave this up there for a bit. But this universe, think, think, think about this, that <laughs> what is earth in comparison to all of that? It's like a speck of dust, he says. It's like a speck of dust. So I just want you to pick a speck off the screen. You, whatever one, it's fine. That speck will be earth for you today. Think about this. The creator of all of that, he's the creator of the speck, but he's the creator of all of it. And the power of his creative word, we know that, that the, the universe is still expanding at the speed of light. When he said, let there be light, it just keeps going. Let there be light. We will never find the infinite end of his creative power. And somewhere in there is a speck. He's the Lord and master of all of that, over all those realms. They are in subjection and obedience to him. He's their creator. They, they honor, they respect, they are in, in line with him. He's Lord over all of that, Amen. including the speck. He's Lord over all of it, including the speck. And it's, you know, as we think about it, it's that God who humbled himself and came to this speck. Seriously, think about that. The God who created all of that decided he's going to come to this speck. Why? Because there's someone on this speck that he cares about. There's someone on this speck that he loves. There's someone on this speck that he wants them to know him. He's like, man, they're never going to figure this out unless I come. That's why Jesus is God in a bod. He's like, let me show you what I'm like. Let me help you see your, your, your finite little puny brains are not going to be able to handle this. Let me, let me make it simple for you. This is who I am, and man, I want you to know me. And I'll give you little doses so your head doesn't explode. But man, I want you to know me, the God who desires. Man, it's like standing in awe. It's mind-blowing. It's beyond our full comprehension. And as I think about God, I'm like, maybe, maybe he does know better than I do. Would you agree? Yes. Maybe he does know better than I think. Like, I think about our ways. I'm like, we're praying, God, we need you to do this. And he's like, you have no idea what I'm doing. 
You have no idea what I'm at work. God, I want you to do this for me. He's like, actually, I want to do something in you. So my prayers aren't necessarily, God, hey, I need to let you know what's going on on the planet. He's like, I already know. What you need to do is let me know what's going on in here and let me in there. So let's pray. Let's, let's talk to one another. Think about like struggling with addiction and realizing, you know, you meet different addicts. They want like a quick fix. It's like, just what do I got to do to not do this anymore? And it's like, okay, I got this quick, this quick fix. And what do we find often? The quick fix usually leads to a few days later. It's like, wow, look how good I did. I haven't drank for three days. I owe myself one, right? And back in again. The quick fix doesn't work. It's like, no, no, I want you to learn the steps. And whether that's in a program or whatever, it's just learning to walk out something that I can live in freedom. You know, people think, oh, I can't wait to get the job. And they get the job, they're super excited, and then they find out they got to work 40 hours a week. (laughs) Twitter just went through that. (laughs) A whole lot of them no longer have a job because they're like, well, we got to work? No no more, you know? But it's like the excitement is in in the moment. Or, you know, when you're like the teens and it's all this, oh, we just want to falling in love. So great to fall in love. It's all about feeling in love. And he's like, ah, it's great. But I want you to learn how to choose to love that person for the rest of your life. To walk that out. We like plan for the wedding. He's like, should have been planning for the marriage. It's a lot longer. Amen? In a great way. Love you, hon. <laughs> you know, in our spiritual life, too, though, don't we have that? We're like, we want to say the sinner's prayer. The Lord washed away all my sins. I'm good. Counting on that. He's like, no. That's the start. I want you to learn how to walk out the life of righteousness with me. I, I, that's, that's where I started the good thing, but I'm continuing to work in your life. Don't, don't, don't just write it off as that, that was your one experience with him. He's going to keep working at the work that he started until he's completed that work in you. And for us, I'm like, man, if God is at work in my life, isn't that good? Would you agree? Yes. The God of all the universe is working in my life. That's amazing. Yes. And so we're tempted to be like, sit back. It's God at work. No problem. This is great. Feet up. I'm going to relax. Let God do his thing. And Paul says, not so fast. And he encourages the Philippians with this. Flip a couple, one page over. Philippians chapter 2. One chapter further. Verse 12. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it's even more important. Work hard. What? Work hard to show the results of your salvation. I thought God was doing the work. He is. But you play a part. He wants to work with you to work with him. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. How? Obeying God with a deep reverence and a deep fear. Deep reverence and fear. Okay, go back to God at work and remember God. Like just for who he is, he deserves awe, respect, deep reverence and fear. If the speck is is tiny in his presence, who are we on the speck in his presence? There is this awe of who he is. And he's like, to say obedience, obedience is a choice. You know, he's working through us. You know, the reminder is that God is working through us and he's the one inviting us. And what does it say? Paul's like, listen, that God, he's going to give you desires, desires to please him. He's going to drop those in your heart. God, I want to go to church. I just want to sing. I just want to, I want to worship you. Oh, but I'm going to be three minutes late. Not, not today. For those watching online. (laughs) Oh, there's a little snow. 
But it's not about coming here. It's more of those things where it's like that drawing, that yearning you have on the inside. Like, God, I want to know you. And you're like, oh, I'm going to go spend some time, you know, reading my devotions. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, I got an update on, you know, where, whatever app you follow. And you're like, oh, now I'm in there. He'll give you the desire. He says, I'll give you the desires. I'll give you the ability, but I'm not going to give you the obedience. You're not a slave. We're no longer slaves. We are what he would call grateful bondservants, where it's like, my choice is to obey those desires. God, you're at work in me. I'm going to work with you. I'd rather it was you at work in me than something else. I want to work with you that I would yield to what you desire for my life. Paul explains it to the Galatians in Galatians 2.20. You can flip over there. It's, it's just to the left, past Ephesians, Galatians chapter 2. Verse 2, verse 20. Paul Paul writes this, that my old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What's Paul saying? He's He's like, I've been crucified with Christ, so I'm not living anymore. Christ is living in me. Oh, but wait, but no, I live by the power of the Son of God. What's, what's he saying? He's, these two things work together. Yes, I've surrendered my life to him. He, he lives in me. And I obey him not even on my own ability. It's always this connection with Christ. Yet not I, but Christ in me. I'm yielding to you because of what you're doing in me. I got my eyes on you because I know your eyes are on me. I'm yielding to your work because I believe you're working in me. Remember that old song? Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living Sanctuary for you. Thanks for all the oldie goldies here helping me out. Man, what an amazing tune. Think about that. Lord, prepare me to be your sanctuary. Oftentimes we think sanctuary, you might think this room. Sanctuary, people often think that's where the presence of God is. Why? Because in the Old Testament, that's where the presence of God was. You had to go there to find him. Not anymore. Not, not anymore. He's like, man, you're the presence carrier. You carry my presence wherever you go. It doesn't matter where you are. It only takes a moment to stop and say, oh, God, I know your presence is here. I'm going to yield to that. Amen. Man, me and my wife, were fighting. <sighs> Slow down. God, I want to yield to what you desire in my life. What is your desired response for me? You know, your kids, siblings, fighting. Ah, you know. Man, I thought it mattered, but there's something that matters more. Lord, what, what do you desire? Work, stress, whatever it may be. God, what, what do you desire? I want your presence to fill my life. I want you to be working in my life. And he's like realizing that it's an every day, in every situation type of thing. He's working in, in our lives. And it's a, it's a long process. It's a daily process. You know, I think about it sometimes when we spend time reading this. It's like, man, I'm going to go do some devotions. I want to feel something. And he's like, I'm happy to allow you to feel something, but I actually want you to become something. We were talking about this morning as we were prepping. One One of the guys just shared that, you know, through his devotion times, he realized he had to shake it up a bit. That the routine of the devotions even was something that was like, yeah, you know what? I, I just want to know him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it up a bit because I want to know him. You know, sometimes we come to church and we're like, I want a good service. And he's like, yeah, but I want faithful servants. 
I want to do something in your heart and life. I don't know about some of the men. I was thinking Beth and I were talking about that this week. You know, and maybe women as well. But I'll speak for the men. We want to do something great. Want to be known for doing something great. You're going to be that one guy who stands up to tyranny. You're going to be that one guy who tells the boss like it is. It's going to be the one guy who like leaves a legacy. The, the one guy who builds this great business that everybody afterwards knows that he's going to be this guy. You know, we want to be the superheroes. You know, the younger generations like Superman, Batman, for us more like Braveheart, Gladiator, Nacho Libre. We want to be the one who, who does something great. And you know what, Lord, just, he just wants us to do something consistent. You know, we so often like, oh, I want to aim for great. He's like, why don't you just aim for consistent today? That, Lord, I want to know you. My, my goal is to bear fruit for you. What does that look like in my life? It might look like the, love, the, the, the fruit of being a loving pastor, yes. a joyous father, a peaceful parent. My kids are like, amen. <laughs> a patient boss, kind sibling, a good student. You know, maybe some of these, like, they connect with you. This one's not me. Gentle wife, you know, or a faithful husband, or self-controlled individual. What are those? There's all the fruit of those things, the love, the joy, the peace, Holy Spirit producing that in you. Because I can try and do it on my own, but he says, whoa, 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 don't forget. Again, this only happens out of a genuine dependence connection with him. And ultimately, it is what pleases him. So, so what do we do if we don't see it yet? What do we do if we don't see it yet? And so I want to close with this. And I actually mean that this time. Lily, uh, I am closing. She, uh, she corrects me, um, watches online. The email says, you say closing three times. This is it. <laughs> three points. <laughs> Number one, <laughs> embrace. embrace the slow work of God in your life. Yes. And we, we, we want stuff to happen so fast including in this realm, that we don't just truly embrace the slow work of God in our lives. Realizing, God, okay, if today I don't feel it doesn't matter, I trust the long haul. Thought about pictures of this, you know, in the summer. Uh, I never cared about rain in the summer other than that it ruined my good days until I started having a garden and uh, farming animals, and I was like, then the rain mattered. I was like, man, you want that? Haldeman clay is just rough, right? And so, you know, when the storms would come in, I'd be read it on the thing, and my father-in-law and I would talk about it, and the storms would come in. These are the ones I wasn't always excited for. The storm that comes in really fast. Like, I want it, I want it now. It comes in too fast. The wind would whip the beans over. The rain would cause all my lettuce to be flat. And then all the water would just, like, run down in the cracks, and storm blows over, and 10 minutes later, it's baked hard again. And then in those days where you're like, man, that rain comes, it takes a bit. It doesn't feel like it's ever going to get there, but it slowly moves in. No damage. It slowly waters the ground for hours. It begins to soak. It begins to repair the cracks, and the plants are actually replenished, and it lasts for a week until the next time they need it. I'm like, that is what he desires for us. That we would be like, man, I want to linger longer. That's what the work with is. I want to linger longer with you, Lord. Whatever longer is. For, for some, maybe for you, it's like, you know, it's in the quiet time. You know, what was once was, you know, uh, two hours, because I know you do that. Two hours would be like two hours and ten minutes. Maybe for you, it's like two minutes. And you're like, you know what, I just want to stay there a little longer. Or it's just that realization that I, I want to be more aware of you in my day, every day. You know, Zach, a couple of weeks ago, was talking about that, you know, when he's talking about the frost on his windshield and he needed the heat to, to go on the windshield so he could see through it. That same thing, bringing his heat into your life. 
this uh, week I had to turn on my heated floors, and as I was turning them on, I realized the difference between the heated floor and a candle. You turn the can like light the candle, you got instant heat. The heated floor takes takes a day before you really start feeling that 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 strong warmth in the floor. But what happens? Turn the heat off, put the candle out, the heat's gone. What happens with the floor? You turn the heat off, days. It's just emanating this. And for us, sometimes it's that realization, Lord, I, w- I want you to do that in my life. That's why I'm spending time in your word so you can open my, my heart, pour your heat in there. Lord, set that fire inside of me that, that, the, that the fruit of the Spirit described in Galatians would pour out of my life. Last verse, Galatians 6, verse 8 and 9. Paul, who wrote about that fruit, the fruit that would, would come in our life, he wrote to those who realized that maybe it doesn't happen as quickly as they'd hoped. Galatians 6, verses 8. Or at verse 9, he says, So let's not get tired of doing what's good. Let's not get exhausted in this process of pursuing him. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. That of blessing is something they put in the new living, but he says, we're just going to reap the harvest. We are going to reap what he's promised if we don't give up, if we don't check out, if we realize, man, we're in this for the long haul and we're grateful for it. He's faithful. I want to remain faithful. And I'll leave you with this thought. The long haul can seem exhausting sometimes. It can. If we get our eyes off the where they're supposed to, it, it can feel exhausting. Um, and the pressure of life. Anybody still have some of those in your life? Yes. There's pressure around you that just wants to like find its way in? Leave you with this analogy. My, Pete, my buddy Pete, I, uh, I think he took his child downstairs. Man, real smart guy. He uh, came to my house um, just to check on my in-floor heat system. And we were just checking some of the pressure stuff. And I was like, can you explain to me how this works? Because we had like the, the setup, and he's like, well, he says this. He says, you know, the, in the floor, we have glycol in there. It's a toxic thing. You don't want to be drinking that. Uh, it's, it's what's heating the, the floor and keeps it from freezing. And then it was directly connected to my like, main water line, and there were some valves there to make sure that the, the glycol can't go that way. And then here's my drinking water system that we use to, to you know, add a little bit of water to the glycol system. That's why they're connected. And I saw all these little things. I'm like, so what happens if all of those break? Can the glycol get in? And he just said, he says, you know, not really. He says, this runs at 12 pounds pressure. He says, this, your main water system runs at 70 pounds. As long as you keep this pressure higher than this one, that toxic water will never get into your system. That was a couple weeks ago, and the Lord just brought it back to me. It's the same, same thing. He's like, my life-giving water, that pressure, is allowing that in your life, he says, if you allow that in your life, no, no, you keep that above the toxic pressure that's trying to get in, you'll never be affected by the toxins all around you. Man, don't we see it in the lives of believers who truly have their relationship connected with the Lord? It's like, man, they got this like force. Like, what is that that just sustains them through crazy difficult times? I'll tell you, they've got that connection with Him. The long haul saying, Lord, <laughs> keep working. Lord, keep working. I'm, I'm yielding to you. I'm allowing you to work in my life. And man, what beautiful fruit comes out of it. Final thought. You can be confident that God is at work in your life today because he said so. He said so. You can just leave knowing, God, I know you're at work. You can be confident that he's conforming you to the image of his son, that his desire is to make you look more like Jesus. And so focus on him, not just on what he's doing, Stay connected and work with and yield to him and allow him to do that work in your life. Don't get so concerned about, oh, I haven't seen the fruit yet. The eyes are never on the fruit. They're always on him. And a reminder again, you're like, Mark, how often are you going to preach this message? (laughs) 
till we get it. Amen. That every day we're seeing it. Man, Paul preached it to every single church he wrote to. Lord, I want to know you, and then I want to know you more. Man, I pray that song comes up in your mind. I pray you wake up with it there. In your mind, God, I want to know you. I want to know you more. I trust that you are working. That's why we sing what we sing. May our lives be affected by it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. It truly is life-giving. It's our daily bread. You are the air we breathe. Lord, we can't do anything without. <laughs> we can't do anything without you. We really can't. Father, I pray this morning that by your spirit you help us to have a glimpse of your greatness. Lord, as we leave from this place, knowing that we're not leaving you here, you're with us. Man, may we have revelation of what that means, that you are with us wherever we are this week. Whatever we face, you're bigger. Those around us in need, you're greater. Jesus, above all, we want to know you. I pray you lead us as individuals in that this week and as your church in that this week. God, that we might know you and that we might know you more. Lord, give us courage to be obedient to whatever is required to see that happen. And may you be glorified as a result. Ask this in your name. Amen. 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 Well, we have one question for you today if you need one. Lord Jesus, what are you saying to me today? What are you saying to me today? Man, I pray that it continues until this becomes every day for you. Knowing him.